It turned out that the queer future you envision was no bullshit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the QT Cast, the queer and trans podcast for the Queer and Trans Research Lab, housed at the Mark S. Bonham Centre for Sexual Diversity Studies at the University of Toronto. In today's special episode, you'll hear an exclusive interview with Dr. Shauna Ye, who discusses her new book project, Queer Chimerica, a speculative autoethnography of the cool child, which is an exciting mix of queer theory, autoethnography, and science fiction. Stay tuned after the interview to catch Dr. Ye's sneak peek reading of an excerpt from her manuscript. Dr. Shauna Ye is Assistant Professor of Women and Gender Studies at University of Toronto Scarborough and in the Women and Gender Studies Institute at the University of Toronto, and is a Martha L. A. McCain Faculty Fellow of the Queer and Trans Research Lab this year. Her research lies at the intersection of transnational feminism, queer social reproduction, queer cinema, post-socialist studies, and theories of affect and trauma. Finally, you can find us at QTCast underscore on social media, where you can also catch Dr. Ye's reading and some of her illustrations. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the QTCast wherever you're listening to us right now. And without further ado, here's the multi-talented Dr. Shauna Ye. Hi, thank you. you. Thank you for the introduction. The Chinese pronunciation of my name is Shauna Ye, but you know, uh, in Chinese, we say the uh, last name first and first name last. Yeah, so uh, in Chinese, my name is Ye Shana. So, and there's also the intonation. Um, it's really interesting to think about how people address you differently. It's like a, you automatically have this different identity. So kind of like as a, a bilingual uh, speaker, you always like this, this fluidity of identity is pretty much your everyday reality. Mm-hmm. So I think my interest in queer fluidity has a lot to do with my being fluid in, uh, in, in, in language speaking or in uh, traversing uh, between different countries and uh, the experiences of uh, making myself fluid yeah. and also flexible. So pretty much I am, the larger question I'm interested in uh, I could I would say is the uh, relationship between queer fluidity and uh, the fluidity and flexibility of labor mm. and capital. Mm-hmm. Should I say more? Or? Yes, please. I'm fascinated. Yeah, I got to know queer theory when I was in middle school. So when I was in like 14, 15 wow. years old, um, that's back in uh, late 90s. I learned queer theory in China, and back then uh, there were not many uh, publications on queer theory at all. Then I decided to uh, go to uh, the United States to mm. study uh, feminist and queer uh, queer studies. May I may I interrupt and ask for a second? So I'm I'm familiar with like the United States uh, 1990s like narrative of queer theory. Um, how is that different in China or like what was the relationship like were you reading Chinese queer theorists as your first approach to it or were you getting American queer theorists like what what did that look like for you? I would say even now queer theory in mainland China or uh, the PRC is still very marginalized mm. It's kind of like really confined in the uh, the academia and also the transnational queer and feminist uh, activist circle um, people 
still talk about homosexuality, LGBT, right. or uh, the Chinese uh, uh, translation of a so-called homosexual or gay or whatever. So Tongzhi, Tongzhi literally means uh, the comrade, this hmm. uh, more um, communist uh, lexicon. That's so interesting. Yeah, so queer is still not commonly used in in, uh, in China. One of the history of uh, queer is, is from the show uh, Queer as Folk. Hmm. Yeah, so you see people who use the word queer, um, they're usually like influenced by the uh, the transnational uh, media right. or the transnational uh, activists. So queer theory is still kind of like, a, people would think, especially uh, uh, the history of a queer theory is tied to uh, post-structuralism. Like, right. So people who are interested in Foucault, in Derrida, they might kind of know, or Butler, they might know um, mm-hmm queer a little bit but it's i would say it's still not commonly uh you know used in china so my first encounter with queer theory uh was from this anthology it's, it's translated by uh uh chinese socialist uh, uh sociologist uh li yinhe mm. yeah so she got her phd uh at uh his, Pittsburgh University okay. in sociology, I believe, and she was uh, among the first uh, folks who translate these uh, uh, Western theories into Chinese. Cool. So it's an anthology. I remember the first one is a think- Thinking Sex, hmm. and there are also some works by uh, Butler. And back then, to me, I just felt like this is so cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a. It's such a cool. I I love the word cool in the context too of like, because mm-hmm. that's what queer theory was trying to be right like it's it's mm-hmm. counterculture it's cool it's yeah. it's on the edge of this kind of non-normative discourse yeah. but i found really interesting the affect of queer the so-called mm. queer is very different if you look at heather love's work right so heather love talk about uh you know the uh when we think about queer queer is something uh related to historical injury right right so there's this uh, queer living in the darkness and we dig them out and um this type of uh, pain uh, is fundamental. It's a, it's a cent- at, at center of the uh, LGBT or queer uh, knowledge production here in the West. Yeah. But if you think about the transnational route of a queer theory imported into China through Taiwan, mm. um, especially that was a time uh, que- queer as a, a cultural phenomenon where an identity emerged against the uh, the gay identity. So right. gays being, uh, you know conformative and middle class and queer is this very cheerful, useful, anti-everything, right. you know, that kind of... The uh, radical yeah. leg of, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. yeah, and queer is translated into Chinese, literally means the cool child. Oh, so wow. that is the title of my my work. Wow. So you see there's like the, 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 the palm hair. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it was really interesting. So in the... Uh, uh, in the nineties, there's this uh, 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 this energy not energy drink uh, this uh, this beverage mm. from uh, Coca Cola uh, is literally called Cool Er, which is uh, the Cool Child. But then the 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 um, the English translation is a Q, something like Q. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so you <laughs> see all this different uh, trajectory intertwined together, shaping the affect and the uh, attachment, like uh, affective attachment to the word mm-hmm. queer in the Chinese context. Wow, my mind, there's just so many interesting avenues. This is fascinating. <laughs> That's why it's so hard to write about it. There's like <laughs> so much. Well, already, yeah, you have like yeah. the, the economic and the ideological and 
um, the way that consumption and, and like consumer culture factors mm-hmm. into this. Right. Um, I'm just, I'm so excited for the work you're doing. Uh, on that note, could you tell me a little bit about, so first of all, I want to hear about your manuscript, um, mm-hmm. what the title is, what it's about, how it's going. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I'm also really interested in this discourse of, or this discussion of fluidity that you're bringing here, um, because I know that your manuscript also kind of defies genre boundaries like it's mm-hmm. fluid in where it stands mm-hmm. as a text so I was wondering if you could speak to that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I guess uh let's rewind a little yeah, bit like go good. back to the relationship between queer fluidity and um the uh, fluidity and flexibility of labor and uh, capital mm-hmm. so growing up growing up like just like learning all of this uh, one thing that has puzzled me uh is the seemingly uh, temporal coincident of the rise of a queer theory mm. in the 90s and also the post-socialist transition, uh, you know, China from the socialism to post-socialism, mm. and also the vast amount of Chinese labor rejoined the world economy. So I kind of feel like um, the two things happen at the same time. Is this really coincident mm-hmm. or actually they are intertwined? Uh, totally. And even from uh, what minor U.S. history I know about queer theories uh, kind of creation, it, it was just it, you could not separate it from socialist activism. Yeah, but I, I think it, it, what is interesting to me is uh, there is a shift if you look at the uh, the fifties, the homophile uh, mm-hmm. movement in the United States, we're we're here, and then to the sixties uh, and then the uh, seventies, you see this more social issue, intersectional based movement turning toward this more minority model, mm-hmm. right? So this happened um, from the fifties to the seventies in the so-called West, and and um, at the same time, I feel like a in China, um, there's like a very similar uh, process. Mm-hmm. Um, you see the uh, the working class gradually losing uh, its power. So I think uh, Calvin Floyd talk about you know the decline of masculinity, the working class masculinity from the twenties to you know the uh, the the seventies, uh, the neoliberal uh, change, and then in the nineties. And I think he hinted there. Um, because of the the conventional um, uh, working class masculinity uh, fell, and it actually gives some uh, opportunity for the new type of a queer fluid identity or different understanding of a queerness to emerge. Yeah. So I think this is uh, what happened in the United States. If you look, um, you know, globally uh, or geopolitically. Um, Life in the 90s in the United States was actually quite precarious. But then the international or transnational representation of the United States was not. If you look at, so, so, so the 90s, the, uh, the post war uh, when the Soviet Union uh, dissolved, uh, uh, you know, the United States suddenly lost this uh, uh, external uh, uh, rivalry. Right. So the con- conservative uh, government started to uh, create new enemies it's like inside is uh, homosexuals and the uh, migrant uh, workers. You know, it happened at the same time, and then we have the eight, uh, AIDS uh, problem in the United States, mm-hmm. and then you see this governmental cut uh, of uh, uh, tax. You know, all of those things happening, and at the same time, um, the 
LGBT activists in the United or scholars uh, in the United States. Uh, if you think about Butler, Butler uh, was an AIDS activist. Mm-hmm. So they kind of retreated from that sort of a, a social movement. And, and Butler was a Marxist. Right. Right? And, and they kind of retreated from that uh, Marxist uh, labor-based movement to a more uh, post-structuralist, Foucauldian, Saidian uh, uh, sort of a way of looking at General identity. General anti-normativity kind of right. stuff, right? Yeah. So uh, the activists here in the United States uh, or North America felt frustrated uh, with the uh, domestic politics. At the same time, they found a different battle battlefield uh, transnationally. Right. So this is at the same time uh, the uh, post-independent countries or post-socialist countries like China start to uh, undergone uh, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the transition. Right? So uh, uh, society is opening up and uh, lots of cre- lots of opportunities of uh, uh, like NGOs, uh, uh, different kinds of work being created. Mm. So I kind of feel like what happened in the United States was somehow backed up by what's going on on other places. Yeah. And uh, we when we look at the genealogy of a queer queer theory or queer theorization in general, mm. we think okay, this is uh, uh, originated from the uh, the in the U.S. or the the French post-structuralism, right? Yeah. right? But we don't really see how uh, the center, uh, the centrality of uh, queer theory is actually built up from, uh, you know, multiple uh, locations in other places. The tale of, like, Western right. academia right. ignoring anything non-Western is a very right. long right. one. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. And also people talk about the intellectual trajectory, but they, they don't really talk about the labor. Right. What are actually, you know, when we think about, you know, everything happened in, in the United States, uh, life was precarious mm-hmm. uh, in the 90s. However, uh, LGBT life was starting to look more prominent. Right. Right, Why? Be- because there are, uh, you know, McDonaldization, Mormonization, or something, mm-hmm. and those things happening um, allowed the LGBT or the uh, uh, nor- uh, marginalized people in the so-called first world or mm-hmm. global north to kind of enjoy a life without to actually see the cost right. of their good life. Right? This good life, uh, the cost of the good life, is usually. Uh, Invisible, so I think what would really um, uh, like I'm really interested in is how you know the labor uh, in other places actually those in, invisibilized labors contributed to uh, what's going on, or, or this idea of uh, you know queer uh, the queer life is getting better. Right. So that's how I want to uh, link what's going on in China and the United States together. Wow, that mm-hmm. as just like a background, I'm how did you even start? writing like what did the inception of that project look like for it's, you? <laughs> oh, I don't know it's, it, it, it is really hard so um I I I have this word called chimerica mm. um so it's you know chimera of as play with the word of a chimera so China and America right. um people talk about China and the United States as a rivalry mm. um but for me um I always see, you know, the narrative of rivalry actually obscure how the two countries or the two nations as a global power work together. Right. 
So in order to trace the connections of uh, you know all those queer stuff I was talking about, mm-hmm. we must start from a different genealogy. We oh. must to connect uh, you know the queers in the United States and uh, those in China together to look at them uh, as a, as a chimera. I would say. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow, that's so fascinating as like a central analytic. And it's it's in your title as well, right? right? Yeah. Um, what is the complete title of your manuscript so or working title? <laughs> right now is called Queer Chimerica, a speculative auto-anthonography of the cool child. So there are three key concepts. Chimerica, uh, auto-anthonography, speculative, I guess, um, auto-ethnography and also the cool child like that's how you write a title that's that's doing it right (laughs) i'm actually really uh, grateful um the previous title was very different Mm -hmm. um but this one was actually given one of my uh uh, review blind reviewer oh cool yeah the reviewer um uh, was saying you know this concept of speculative auto-ethnography is really something you're talking about but then you don't have that word so Mm -hmm. yeah i have been writing about the queer shit, I want to say, <laughs> since long time ago. Um, you know, like sometimes you get to the po- to the point you feel like, okay, I have nothing to say. Like oh. I feel like I am at the stage right yeah, now. Totally. Everything is uh, like polishing, and also um, we we talk about this. So um, the the manuscript is written as a, a fiction. Right. So like now, majority of my energy and time is working on the plots. Cool. Yeah, it's not on my. Um, the, the research part, I would say the research part was done two years ago. <laughs> then I'm like, why I'm choosing this, uh, this difficulty? Uh, yeah, I trapped myself in that. The hardest part of both worlds just put together, yeah. right? Like- but then the fictional, the speculative part is actually very interesting. So I think this is actually what keep me moving. Right. Yeah, so um, this is my, uh, I received the, uh, the, the, uh, the feedback from, uh, from the two reviewers, mm. and now I'm uh, doing the uh, revision according to their feedback. And hopefully, uh, the manuscript will be done by the end of this year. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, hopefully. What was the decision like for you to mix speculative autoethnography with fiction um, and like, you know, the more traditional academic, academic manuscript with the, this, and it's science fiction specifically, right? Um, so how, yeah, what was that decision like for you? So uh, in my uh, method section, I have the whole, this theory, blah, 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 all of that to explain exactly right. what you just said. But my very original, the, 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 what really motivated me to do that was uh, when I was writing, when I was converting my dissertation uh, into the book, I just stuck. I just, there was a period of time I didn't know um, how to write. I think the issue, like now, uh, looking back, I think the problem was uh, I have too many interviews. So I did uh, 82 interviews. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) So many. Yeah, like so many. Yeah. Especially like my personality. Like I want to, if somebody says something interesting, I just gonna follow, I gonna chase, I gonna dig. Totally, totally. Yeah. And, um, I feel like when I proposed my dissertation, I wanted to just like look at uh, 80s, 80s onward or 90s onwards. But then I actually traced back to the 50s. So there were just like, um, there were too many materials, I would say. And um, lots of stories. So I had 82 interviews and I had 12 uh, live, I would say like live story, something like that. Um, And I would say all of them are great stories. I just don't know how to tell 
the story. So one day I suddenly thought about what if I have one of the person, the characters, to have multiple memory.、Oh. So that could be something you know, this person's being inter like、uh, implanted some uh, uh, other people's memory that might allow me to talk about、um, you know many stories,、yeah. but but just one person. Then just like from there, I gradually、uh, you know. Come to this idea, you know, if you have other people's memory, what is gonna happen to you, and how do we actually build connections? Because、um, I feel like all of you know our research,、uh, it comes down to、uh, the intimacy, the connections we want to build,、uh, the boundary we want to break, right? right. So this idea of、uh, you know writing something fictional really allow me to do all of this work, and at the same time.、Um, That was a time like I read lots of、uh, sci-fi、right. and watched you know alien shows and <laughs> weird stuff. Yeah, you、That's、know like、amazing. the TV show、uh, Fargo.、Oh, um, yeah, you know it's like the first、uh, season of that. Yeah, like super realistic, but suddenly there are like UFOs like just flying around, cool, cool, cool. and I really like that.、Um, That 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 format. Yeah. So when I first wrote this,、uh, everything's like very realistic, but then suddenly there were like a absurd thing. Queer、cool. things happen. If you had to condense the plot of this、uh, speculative autoethnography, what would it be? So the plot, okay, the okay, which the, is just what you said you were working on. So no, no, I understand no. it's in.、Fast. I got no. Everything is a is figured out. Okay, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got everything figured out. I love it. <laughs> yeah, after so many years. <laughs> so the larger background is uh, uh, in the future.、Uh, there is this empire,、uh, this new empire.、Uh, Called Chimerica, so Chimerica is both this uh, uh, empire, the future empire, but also you know the the theoretical base of、uh, the book, and this pro、uh, this this uh, empire uh, use queer memory, so they、um, they they require、uh, marginalized people to donate so called donate their experiences in order to transform the privileged. So that is a required project.、Uh, the future empire、uh, is doing, and the purpose of that, on the surface, is to uh, 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 you know correct、uh, historical injury or、uh, what has been done to promote、uh, justice and also uh, social uh, prosperity. But then, what、uh, what is at center of this project is a better way of control. Uh, people, so that's the the larger.、Um, so it's like when the queer, when the when the so-called、uh, normal、uh, marginalized people being normalized. So one one idea I'm really interesting is、uh, what happened、uh, if we win the battle, right. right? So this is the future, the so-called you know queer. We win the battle, like we are the normative people. Then what happened? How this type of freedom can destroy something?、Uh, you know the you know. Authoritarianism couldn't, so that's the larger question. So the plot is,、uh, um, I trace this protagonist who is the engineer, who is the creator of this、uh, project, and uh, from her, uh, so 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 now something happened. Uh, 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 the project didn't go as、uh, they expected, so she need to fix、uh, what's going on, and through uh, fixing. Uh, uh, The the errors in the system. She actually realized that her memory was being erased. 
So the whole uh, pro uh, 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 process of investigating was going on. Uh, uh, what went wrong? It was actually her remembering herself being different, and her understanding of herself is different from what she has been telling uh, other people. Um, she thought she is a victim of uh, the LGBT. Uh, uh, um, Movement, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then uh, she was actually, uh, you know, you know, she's also the person who did some uh, damage and violence to other people. Then eventually she uh, regained her memory and uh, uh, realizing she is also part of that lead to uh, what's going on. I would say like the way she figured it out. Uh, so she's not being so. So uh, I think this uh, this might be the place uh, we can transition to uh, speculative autoethnography yeah. versus autoethnography. Mm -hmm. So um, I think uh, autoethnography has been you know something queer and uh, feminist scholar use uh, a lot because sure. feminism itself is uh, in a way is a practice of auto. Ethnography, yeah. auto theorizing, declaring your positionality, right. and yeah, right, right. Um, I'm very attracted to this method, but at the same time, I kind of feel like this method could, uh, you know, prioritize this I voice, which I really have problem with. Right, right. So uh, writing this uh, speculative auto ethnography, this narrator I is actually not me, hmm. but it's somebody um, I know in the field. Um, but then there is me. There is me in this, uh, uh, in this, uh, in this whole uh, fiction. Cool. But the me is being seen by other people. So there are multiple exchange of subjectivity. So you see um, something. You see this event through other people's eyes, and you also see, or I also see myself being viewed by other people. I think this allowed me to one become a better feminist. Ethnographer? I'm sure, yeah. Because, you know, like when you write uh, fiction, there were all kinds of things, uh, you know, how to build your character, how to write a um, co uh, compelling character, something like yeah. that. Uh, if you look at those criteria, those are actually, for me, there are useful ways to understand other people as real people. Right. Like, what is the goal? What do they want? What drives yeah. them? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Or what is in their purse? Right. What is in their uh, uh, backpack? You know, like we don't really, we don't often pay attention to these smaller things when we conduct uh, ethnography. The materiality of it. Right, yeah. yeah. I've seen lots of interesting work, but one thing I kind of um, uh, dislike, um, but I don't know how to deal with uh, that, but, but that's something I kind of, uh, uh, you know, try to, try to critically engage is uh, you see lots of ethnography and they would say, this is an argument and these are the example. So Mary says something, Eric says something, blah, blah, blah. There are all these like, uh, you know, quotes were like part of the, st the story. Mm -hmm. But then you don't really see the whole, the person there. Even we claim that our ethnography is based on real people, lived experiences. Mm -hmm. So I kind of feel like uh, I'm not really happy with that. Mm -hmm. Then uh, using this uh, fictional uh, way or speculative way um, of writing uh, is my way to kind of... Uh, think about different ways of uh, constructing uh, the experiences or, or recounting the experiences and also seeing myself, my own uh, relationship with the so-called uh, you know, subject of the study. So as part of your um, process for, for writing this, like, are you picturing what it would be like for you to be in uh, these people's 
bodies and lives. Mm-hmm. Like, are you when you're writing from that eye position? Is it this kind of like intimate? Like, are you like seeing if you could become those people? Kind of is that what it's? So, so part of that is like that. But then um, I, I think it's tricky. Um, if you see yourself as you can become the other person, you kind of assume this uh, uh, this uh, liberal possible self. Like you can. Uh, you know, consume everybody, right? right? right. Yeah. So um, one of the thing, uh, one of the plot in uh, in this fiction is uh, so Tramerica uh, require people to donate uh, their experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And the the method or the mechanism of that is uh, you actually go into this pod, and uh, uh, you <laughs> there were these uh, uh, I call this uh, immersive uh, synchronization. Right, so uh, the things in your body, there's, they're all, it's complicated. There are like t- the technological part there, but but basically, so this person, this main character, um, can uh, uh, emerge themselves with uh, other people's uh, experiences. Right. So uh, the way I'm ri- I'm writing this is uh, something is being seen through her eyes. So when I when I describe an event, it's like a, this person sees through other people's eyes. Cool. Uh, but the problem is uh, uh, it causes lots of confusions there. I do want to talk about when you, if you can, if you really can exchange ex- uh, experiences, what is going to happen? It requires you to um, reduce, uh, uh, compress your own experiences, mm-hmm. and it also causes lots of confusion uh, because of the conflict. Right. So, um, so, so this this person experiences like all kinds of these confusions, kind of like a psychosis, and that impact her ability to continue the work, and that's also when her own uh, uh, suppressed memories are being uh, recalled. So that's kind of I'm the. So excited to read this. <laughs> what books do you find inspire your academic thinking? So there are so many great academic books, but one thing pop up right away where I would say like this is something I always uh, you know tell other people mm. I would say it's Heather Love's work because okay. um, I'm not a historian um, I start as a film scholar cool. then uh, I'm more interested in the uh, you know ethnography part uh, history is something like I just I don't want to deal with it's just uh, it's so hard it's a beast yeah 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 <laughs> but um, but somehow I found, uh, like now I, f- I feel like uh, I am a historian. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think when I was a grad student, um, Heather Love's work resonated a lot with me, mm-hmm. especially her work. Uh, she, she talks about, you know, uh, queer history. Um, I guess um, when I when I was a, uh, it's, it's just love. I know I'm there's sorry. so much terrible <laughs> yeah. construction. It's basically homophobic yeah. that it's happening. So. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to whoever is yeah. hearing that. I. So I'm really interested in this relationship, uh, like our relationship, our affective uh, entanglement with mm. history. Mm-hmm. And especially like, you know, as a Marxist, Marxists always ask this question, what is our relationship with history? Right. And history is what hurt, right. according to uh, Jameson, uh, Frederick Jameson. Yes. Yes. So Heather Loving, in, uh, I think this is called uh, Looking Backward. Um, she had this paragraph uh, about uh, the history of the, the angel of history, mm. talking about this ineffable force that push us to go forward, and what kind of a relationship we want to build with the historical subject who trapped in the 
dark closet right. of history. Right. Like every time I read this, I can send you. I would love like, to. Reading, yeah. 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 Every time I read that paragraph, it just gives me goosebumps.、Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel. I feel like my、uh, my project in lots of way.、Um, you know the the memory,、uh, the、uh, the you know exchange of experiences.、Mm-hmm. Um, Is is in a way、uh, speaking to a history that we have lost, right? Like a recovery process, right? Almost, yeah, but but it's also not just like you dig the corpse of the dead queer out of their、right. coffin. It's it's not like that. It's more like this effective, this erotic、uh, process with、mm-hmm. these、uh, um, these subjects. So fascinating. So yeah, I think Heather Love is、uh, you know one one person I really liked. Even、mm-hmm. I feel like she's talking about a very different、uh, context. For the、uh, creative parts, yeah.、Um, I so when I was a grad student,、uh, I taught a queer cinema course, and、um, so I、uh, I used、uh, taught Hayen's work.、Mm-hmm. Uh, Velvet Goldmine. Okay. So I watched that film when I was very very young. When I was in China, this is one of the、uh, queer film available to me.、Mm. But then later on, when I taught the course, so this this film is about、uh, multiple、uh, imaginative history. So、uh, I'm not gonna、uh, spoil the the, yeah, the film、sure. if you haven't seen. I need but to then, watch it. Yeah, but it's really about、um, you know blending.、Uh, The different genres, and uh, you know, uh, breaking down the boundary between、uh, reality and、uh, and fictional and uh, uh, the imaginative, so all of that. So that's one of the work、uh, very important to me. And um, uh, Cheryl uh, Dengian's uh, "The Watermelon Women"、okay. is also so. The whole film is shot as a documentary. Is that is a play a- on the watermelon man? Like it's like the Man who wakes up in blackface, or no black man who wakes up white? No, this is different. no. That's okay, a different. So the, the watermelon woman is a、uh, um, so it's a documentary or it's a fake topic、mm. documentary. You don't know、uh, till the the very end when you see the credit. Like the whole movie is that this person saw this movie and there is a black uh, uh, woman. In this whole this white film, and I think this woman is like she hold a watermelon. I forgot why it's called the watermelon、mm-hmm. woman, and the filmmaker. Uh, uh, the whole movie is about the filmmaker trace the history of this、uh, watermelon woman, and herself is also a black lesbian,、mm-hmm. and her entanglement with uh, uh, the black history. But the, in the end, if、uh, it, it turned out the whole documentary is fake. So、uh-huh. she's talking about. She's, so she's talking about、uh, what if the history is being erased? How do we reclaim? Like we cannot just dig the corpse out of it because there's no corpse、right. of that. So we we have to、uh, create history. So、um, in lots of ways, this speak to uh, uh, Celia Hartman's uh, uh, critical fabulation,、mm-hmm. right, as a as a way to think about、uh, the erased historical subject. So、uh-huh. I think this work has been.、Um, Very uh, uh, influential to me. I'm gonna go home and check all this out. I'm putting <laughs> it's, a syllabus it's, together in my head right it's, now. It's really interesting. It's fascinating. It makes me think、yeah. a lot of like Sarah Ahmed's work in affect yeah, theory yeah. and like the the stickiness of affect and how it moves through、yeah. history and 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 sticks to bodies. And also the uh, uh, every warden's、uh, ghostly matter,、mm. you know, the murmur, the、um, Uh, the whisper.、Right. So I have some plot kind of like that. So there,、uh, this main character、uh, 
keep hearing noises. So it's not like ghostly hunting, but it's a different kind of uh, uh, distraction.、Mm. That's wow, that's fascinating. That's so something like dense. that. I love it.、Um, you, you're also an illustrator.、Uh, I would like to see myself. <laughs> to be I mean, I've seen some of your illustrations, and I would call you an illustrator. <laughs>、um, are they so? These these are helping the the drawings that you do are helping inspire you write your text and like you're drawing your characters out. Is that、mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Because I think it,、uh, I'm a visual learner. Right. Like I have to have the scenes in my head.、Mm-hmm. Right. So、um, just like sketching these character down or the scene down really helped a lot. Cool. Yeah.、Um, Like I have to, so each chapter、uh, has one、um, illustrate one illustration.、Mm. I have to write. I have to draw those picture down, then to write the the chapter, and it helped a lot. I bet, as someone who suffers with writer's block, I've I've never tried taking that approach, and that that sounds like it would be such a good way to just actually. Put yourself in a scene, yeah,、right? or like, like like doodling. Yeah, or, right. Yeah. Like, how does this character look? Or I、yeah. really like that. Are you self-taught, or kind of what's your background with that? Like, I started learning drawing and painting when I was four. Wow. So,、um, all kinds of like oil painting,、uh, like you know,、um, watercolor.、Mm. Uh, but unfortunately, in China, you have to、uh, either choose the artistic school、mm. or、uh, a regular college or university. Right. Right, so I had to choose the、uh, the university、mm-hmm. in order, you know, to go abroad or to do whatever I'm able to do now. Right. So、uh, giving up、um, the artistic part was kind of like some. It's it. There's like the always like something there.、Mm-hmm. So、um, I have been wanting to pick it up.、Uh, then this project actually gave me an opportunity to combine this two in terms of like painting. I haven't developed. Uh, my own style yet.、Right. Like I can do all kinds of、uh, stuff, and、mm-hmm. I, I explore all kinds of uh, uh, you know genre and multimedia. But、uh, I just feel like so far I don't really have my、uh, my style. So I go back to the most basic thing, the kind of like the manga、mm-hmm. um, style.、Mm-hmm. It's it's the, the the easiest thing to draw. Like I, it took me like thirty minutes to just like finish one thing,、right. and it helped my thinking a lot. That's so cool. And they do say the best way to find your own style is to mimic other styles. Right. <laughs> How has your time been so far with the Queer and Trans Research Lab? It's awesome. Cool. Yeah, that. <laughs> that's, that's what I love to hear. Just one, one word. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think、uh, we talked about this last time. I、mm-hmm. just feel like the environment here is so、uh, supportive, right? And、um, especially looking at other people's projects. Uh, it gave me lots of idea. Like every time I go to a talk,、mm-hmm. we're just like chatting with the、uh, uh, folks here. It always kind of、uh, it gave me this、uh, brain. How do you call that? Brain orgy. Yeah, yeah, brain orgasm. <laughs>、really. yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, that kind of thing. And uh, the um, uh, you know we don't have the hierarchies here. Right. Yeah, that's like one thing. I, like we talked about this last time. This is the one thing I appreciate the most.、Mm-hmm. Uh, like we value、uh, undergrad and graduate students. And you know, people just like work together. Yeah, yeah. It's it's this type of and and also like people all work even like we're kind of like linked by、uh, queer and trans studies, but then、uh, we all do different kinds of work. So much within、right? that, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. In that kind of vein of interdisciplinarity, I have two questions. The first one: If you had to redo your academic career, what other department would you be curious、Uh-oh. to be in? <laughs> uh oh, should I be honest or not? Be honest, please. <laughs> I mean, I do like I. I do think、um, 
women gender study, uh, if if it, I choose again, uh, I will still choose women gender cool. study. I like it. Yeah. But uh, on the other hand, I, I have a degree in uh, physics as well. Wow. Um, I kind of feel like, a, you know, my dream. So my childhood dream is being either one, a rock star, or two, <laughs> an astronomer or a <laughs> cosmologist. That's so cool. So Why that's two of them. I mean, be a rock star astronomer is a little bit difficult i, I mean guess, right? you both work at night so i guess uh, and <laughs> stars there's stars involved. yeah there were stars <laughs> yeah yeah so i want to i want to study cosmology or uh, astronomy that is so that's cool. uh, um actually it's closely linked to queer i right. always think it, so okay this is back i don't know this is probably like back 10, 20 years ago. Mm. Uh, when I first learned queer theory, I feel like queer theory is, has a lot of similarity with uh, quantum physics. Cool. So Please say more. they are, you know, the, uh, the principle of uncertainty. Right. Uh, you know, the relationship between the observers and the, the, the observed. Mm-hmm. In lots of ways, uh, mirrors the post-structuralist uh, uh, discussion. That is so cool. The idea, like, like the double... But the double blind or double slit experiment the idea yeah, that yeah, double slit. Yeah, observation yeah, yeah. <laughs> will change the outcome that's so yeah. cool i guess you kind of answered this but like if you had to redo your career outside of academia altogether what would mm-hmm. you choose oh rock star <laughs> yeah, there it is. see no but but the thing is like i can't play any instrument i mean i mean i can play but i'm just not good at it mm-hmm. and i'm out of tune <laughs> So, but, but then, hey, seriously, I really want to be a rock star, but my style would be death metal. Yes. Because you don't need to have the tone. You're just with your voice. Oh my God, cool. I love that. Do you listen to death metal music? Not really. Like I'm more progressive kind of person. Last couple questions. One, what do you like to do for fun? I do parkour these days and I got injury. A lot from parkour. Yeah, recently you had a, was it a wrist injury or? All kinds of, I just uh, somehow sprained my my shoulder two days ago. It's, I mean, you live with pain. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Um, And then finally, um, do you have any tips um, at this stage in your academic career um, as a professor and as a writer, any tips for prospective students who are looking for a queer and trans community at U of T, or just any tips for students in general? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like for graduate students, one thing I would say is find people who can lift you up, hmm. who can advocate for you. When I was a grad student, um, there was this idea that you need to know well-known people in order to advance. Right. You go to um, conference and you meet big names, right? right? Um, but then later on, I realized those people who really helped me or, or who promoted my work were the people who i grown up with, you mm-hmm. know, academically. Mm-hmm. Um, so like nowadays, like what I do is to, uh, you know, I want to promote uh, my college's work and also, uh, you know, students' work. Um, lots of advisors, uh, including my, my advisors were great. But one thing I kind of struggled with when I was a grad student uh, was they're very strong-minded people. When I say something, they already project right. my future project, right. but then that's their project, 
right? So I kind of feel like, a, uh, like now as a, an advisor myself,、mm-hmm. uh, one thing I have been practicing is to listen to other people's project. Of course, like when they say something, I have all the things, all the directions, and you know they should go.、Right. But then that could that might not be what they are pursuing. So as a grad student or as a student in general, your goal is not to meet other people's requirement. To live up to their expectation, but it's really to pursue what you want. And if you know what you are pursuing, you need to find people to support you, to build this network,、uh, to catch you when you fall. Wow! Yes,、so、we couldn't agree I more. Think, yeah, I feel like lots of students in Canada. I don't know. There is. I, I do feel there is a Canadian U.S. differences.、Mm. I feel like lots of students I know here. They kind of see the professors as somebody they need to show respect and admire,、mm. and、um, they take less initiative than those in the states. Lots of students、um, look for approval、right. from、uh, from the teachers, from the professors, or from other other scholars. In in Canada, you're saying in in, in Canada, right? Instead、yeah. of maybe、uh, taking more risks and and、mm-hmm. projecting. What they want, right? Like、yeah. what their own project. I think、does. this is a kind of associated with the、uh, respect culture here in,、sure. in in Canada. They、For、don't、sure. want to,、uh, you know, offend other people. But then, really, you need to find people who can、um, support you. I feel like lots of grad students、um, or lots of students in general、uh, want to get approval from other people.、Mm-hmm. They want to prove themselves to their professors or to their colleague.、Um, But then, what is important、uh, is actually find the right people who can actually advocate for you, especially、right. when you're doing something、uh, very radical、mm-hmm. or very different, where you're pr- pursuing something.、Uh, you know, you're doing、uh, not the beaten trail.、Right. That you know. Yeah, yeah. That's、uh, that's one thing I would say. Oh, another thing I I thought this is really important. I actually learned this uh, uh, you know way later. I wish I knew this early. Um, really have a have a good life、uh, and work balance.、Mm-hmm. I feel like lots of people I know these days they kind of do that way better than I did.、Uh, especially you know having all kinds of、uh, like hobby and、uh, academic. Ag- academic is not everything. It's not right. It's、yeah. so hard to make that balance. Yeah,、though. it's so hard to. Yeah, you have to somehow、um, you know have a, have a plan.、Yeah. For me, like I, this could sound very.、Uh, Uh, robotic, but I have、mm. I follow a very structured plan.、Mm. Uh, I only work from certain time to certain time. I don't work after five.、It's、healthy boundaries. Yeah, it's it just do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm constantly working to put up boundaries after they're being crossed. Yeah, like, wait, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah. Instead yeah. of having it in advance. Yeah, but it's it's a、uh, easy to say than done. Yeah. Um, you know, like now, like me, I feel like a, I'm a. Uh, this is my fifth year of being a, a, a assistant professor.、Mm-hmm. I'm kind of at the stage. I'm like, I don't give a damn. Yeah. But、that. when you're like、that. junior, when you're grad student, and you all just, eyes are on you. Yeah. And, yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just making me think. A great piece of advice could even just to be to set up for your phone to turn your notifications off at a certain point. You know.、Like. Oh yeah. Wednesday is my、uh, no cell phone. Uh, I call, okay, unplug Wednesday. Cool. Yeah, so today is Wednesday. So、oh, I and I made you plug in so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only、uh, unplug my phone. Okay, like、cool. I don't check yeah, social yeah. media. I don't. I don't do other. I still use my computer. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's really smart. Really yeah, smart. Yeah. Yeah. You have to give yourself this. You know, two days of unplugging. 
in order to be healthy. <laughs> yeah, and to remember how to think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For real. Yeah, that's interesting. Like actually, when you uh, empty your mind,、uh, it allow you to think clearly. That's what a good way to end this. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, Shauna. Yeah. Thank you. Part one, Tramerica. They say that you could still find live bees in China. Where is China? Wrong question. When is China? Chapter one. Here comes the cool child. Every Monday morning, students were required to wear uniforms for the national anthem ceremony. The uniform of this 重点中学 Magnet Middle School was a set of British-style dress suit, navy jacket, white shirt, tie and bow tie, vest for boys, and skirt for girls. Students were excited about the uniform. None of the other schools in Beijing offered fashionable attires like this in the late nineties, but their naive pride of uniqueness was soon crushed by their long-term thinking parents, who would often buy clothes one or two sizes bigger, wishing their children grow into them. The baggy uniform on these thirteen years old looked quite funny and out of place. You wore a pair of brand new Dr. Martens. The dragon tattoo on your right forearm looked like a seahorse peeking through the sleeves of the thin shirt. The industrial bar on your left ear was barely covered by newly dyed short hair, one hundred percent punk. You were hailed by the head teacher and questioned, "How could you dress like a rogue? Did you dye your hair too? This is the 重点 middle school." You grinned and quibbled, making up whatever excuse you could. The summer sun bleached your hair. You accidentally used beer as the conditioner, or sometimes you would go a little more extreme. You shave your head and put on a wig, so next time when stopped by a teacher, you could take off the wig and reply unapologetically, "I studied too hard and I have become bald." Teachers didn't like you, but couldn't do anything about you. You napped in class, and your grade ranked the lowest five among your cohort. But when you tried, you could easily get high marks on major exams. You were into postmodernism and psychoanalysis. A book by Frederick Jameson or Sigmund Freud was often spotted under your arm. You seized any writing opportunity in the composition class to give the teacher a lesson on famous homosexuals throughout Chinese history. Were open the eyes of your classmates with sexual stories and tales of well-known people and faraway places. When other students performed songs by Britney Spears and danced with the Titanic at the annual May Gala, you used a waiting for Godot-like drama to protest the educational system, drawing enthusiastic cheers and boos from the audience. You were the cool child at school, at odd with everything normative, Chinese familial history, Chinese familial traditions, exam-oriented education, and Communist Party authority. You name it. Oddly enough, cool kid or cooler happened to be the Mandarin translation of queer. 
the rendezvous with queer theory was your destiny. I learned about queer when you introduced me the anthology Queer Theory: Western Thought on Sexuality in the Nineties, translated by well-known sociologist of sexuality Li Yinghe. Unlike most of the publications and public discussion on the topic of homosexuality that are meant to teach you to be a good gay, the queer thesis of anti-normativity and gender performativity. Along with the forbidden puppy love knocking at my heart, turned my world upside down. In retrospect, we were drawn to queer theory, perhaps because its in-your-face deviance allowed the minor threat punk teens like us to define everything we hated about China. Like many Chinese scholarly and activist in- engagement with sexualities since the 80s, we were deeply entrenched by the mission of saving China from its political alienation and cultural backwardness. As issues of gender and sexuality were barometers for measuring the nation's level of progress under the zeitgeist of post-socialist transition, the newly formed subjects such as L- LGBT. Became the avatar of the heroic national saviors. Even though queer individuals were not granted legal protection and citizenship in the PRC, the nation's future was indeed, tweaking Lee Eldman's words, the cool kid stuff. Unfortunately, saving China was what severed us. Come on, it's not end of the world. You dismiss my silent protest. I will only be in the states for two years, and I will bring back the most cutting-edge knowledge from the West to set free Chinese homosexuals from the prison of heterosexist patriarchy. You look like possessed by the spirit of Lenin or Che Guevara. Queers of all country unite. We have nothing to lose but our chins. Sure, I sneer at the politician in the baggy school uniform in front of me. I'm sure you'll be a great leader of the queer middle kingdom. It turned out that the queer future you envisioned was no bullshit. In the year 2029, after decades of military rivalry, technological standoff, and economic stagflation, two of the most powerful nations in the world put behind their ideological differences and took a surprising turn to merge into one. In the face of a new common enemy, precarity and the widening gap between social classes that threaten to topple both regimes, the nascent super empire, Mankind Unity of Chimerica, launched a mass campaign that promised to uplift the previously oppressed and to restore social harmony and prosperity. Optimizing resources and the most advanced technology, the Unity initiated BJ Dome. A metaverse-like interface that allows its users to be synchronized with life experiences of others. The LGBT plus identified, racially marginalized, and the economically dispossessed soon became the most wanted, for their struggle of oppression, violence, and inequality were believed the best variables to transform the privilege and to rectify social illness. Switching on the red sun, chimera purple, tiny photon upconverting nanobots in the donor's body 
projects memory neutrons of the donor into the interface, forming what is called life beads. After a quick trimming at the end of the blue sum, life beads are ready to be transfused to the receivers who wait eagerly to morph into their progressive better selves. The body of the queers is now the medium of revolution and redemption, and the lived history of pain and suffering is a new drug quenching the multicultural thirst. The ones deviant and despised in the old world are now the amulet shielding against any charge of racism or homophobia, admired and thought after in the parade of diversity. As the troublemakers and public threat are put on the pedestal and busy enjoying praise and cheers, no more fuss on the street. Chimerica, the perfect unity of contradictions, is proved. The best model of managing precarity and resistance in a renewed world of the 21st century. Oh, by the way, did I mention I'm the creator of BJ Dome?